before I even lived in Austin, I was doing research on the city, looking up info and YouTube videos, and I found this video called Home, Austin, Texas. The cinematography, the effects were amazing, and it showed a bunch of cool stuff about this awesome city called Austin. I immediately shared it with all my friends. I was like, I'm gonna move here. This city looks amazing. I can't wait to go there. And I would say that that video did impact me wanting to move here. Even watching it to this day, it still impresses me. So I reached out to the creator, got to know him a bit. We met up, became friends, and he is today's guest on the podcast. Zach owns a video production company based here in Austin, and he's been killing it for a while. Just him and his wife shooting on basic cameras, working closely with smaller brands. And he told me he's living his dream life and he's learned a lot throughout the process. He gives a lot of insight into how he got started, how he got where he is and where he's going. Zach is honestly just super cool. And I had a good conversation with him. He's a really nice guy, super creative and just fun to talk to. Stay tuned to the end because he and I do a reaction video to his home video and he breaks down how shots came together and what went into creating them. And it's just really cool. He explains a lot and it's just really fun. So excited for you to check out the podcast with Zach Zalactic right now. I'm here with the legend, Austin's own Zach Zalactic. Got it. It's hard, hard to say. Yeah. Zalactic. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what nationality is that name from? It's Croatian. I think I'm technically half Croatian. I finally visited a couple years ago, but I can't speak any Croatian. Zlatic means uh, gold in Croatian. That's the only word I know. Do you pronounce it Zlatic? I don't. I should if I was like a true Croatian. <laughs> Just Zlatic. It rhymes with attic. <laughs> <laughs> what would you title yourself in like the creative world? Yeah, that's a good question. I think when people just ask and they have no idea what I do they ask you know what do you do for work I, I say oh I'm a um, videographer I, uh, I run a video production company is mostly what I tell people um, which usually prompts another question of like oh that's cool I have some relation to that or like what does that mean and then I usually say well we make videos for brands um, sometimes athletes and artists um, right mostly for web and social so yeah it's kind of how I describe what I am and what I do how long have you been doing video production it's probably been um, seven years is kind of how long I've been out of school. Um, I picked it up as a hobby um, inspired by a buddy who was just running around with GoPros in college um, named Greg. And we started doing that together. We both moved to Austin. And um, I had like one marketing job that was like my only real job. It was still a remote job. And I um, started kind of making videos for them and figuring out that I really loved that aspect of it. Um, the company didn't really pan out and uh, it just worked out timing wise that I was able to like, let's see if I should try this on my own. So was it one piece of content that really got you inspired to pursue this full time or did you always have an interest in it? Yeah, I think now that I'm looking back, I, I had an interest in it. Um, I didn't realize until even a few years ago that like, okay, I did have like my dad's camcorder every now and then like filming stupid, like my brother and I playing basketball yeah. and that sort of thing. So I had an interest in, you know, just creating types of visuals but um sports were my number one for sure um even through college i played baseball for the first couple of years in college and um stopped playing and that was for the best because then i discovered video and kind of fell in love with it you made a video that i saw that was like super impactful and influential on me your home video basically all about austin texas right that's right you made that how long ago now like 
Yeah, that was probably like four or five years ago, which is like going on the amount of time that like if you rewatch something from there, you like are partly proud of it and then you partly cringe at it because yeah. it's like you've gotten better since then. So, uh, but that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's I saw cool. that video before I even moved here, but I was kind of thinking about it. I saw that video. And I was like, well, Austin is a dope spot. Like I was sharing with everyone like, yo, I'm about to move here and check this city out. Yeah, that's awesome. That was yeah. awesome. So how long did it take you to make that video? Yeah, I. it's probably at the time it was like, for sure the longest video from like start to finish, like concept to uh, to end product that I'd ever worked on. And um, I say this a lot that I end up working the most, and I think most creatives can relate to this, on passion projects, right? Because there's no money in it. You're doing it strictly for the love of what you're doing. Right. And so I would take ungodly amounts of time, like tweaking like one transition and and just... I remember like count, trying to count up the hours of editing and it's for sure like getting close to a hundred um, on just the edit side. Cause it was kind of a compilation of like footage I had and then would go out to like fill some gaps, mm-hmm. but a ton of fun. Um, but a ton of hard work for sure. I, it's probably still one of the like top three projects I've worked the longest on. In what order of the top three? Yeah. That one. I think it's better. Than uh, I yeah. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> I do same thing. I'm like proud, very proud of and still like now cringe, but, uh, the most viewed video I've ever made was, again, not paid, but it was when I proposed to my wife, Kelly, and saw that. Uh, saw proposing that at your own movie premiere. And, yeah, uh, great video. A lot of strangers have now seen me uh, on YouTube proposing, proposing to my wife, yeah. But that, again, that, that took the, the longest uh, to shoot and edit, like, concept out, but had so much fun making that, and it was yeah. awesome. That was a to- the Austin Home video was totally a passion project. 100%, yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you were doing full-time creative work at that time as well, right? Yeah. So it would just be in between projects. Um, and it was at a time where I was still busy and super happy um, with what I was doing for clients. But um, ha- like in all of my spare time, for the most part, was pretty much just making that. At the time, it was like Beautiful Destinations was just getting popular. And like the now like cliche travel video style was like just kind of getting... Um, seen and popular and so it's like <laughs> i really wanted to do a take on that and i was like I, austin is awesome like why wouldn't i i've already like shot a bunch of like stock footagey stuff just right. because i love the city and it's like blowing up everybody's moving here myself included so it's like yeah. why not take a stab at it it's so technically well done <laughs> dude like like the transitions and everything i still trip out over that one shot where you masked in the salsa going on the taco yeah that yeah. was that was a, a hyperlapse right behind us on on rainy street and then green screened in a eating a Torchy's taco in my office in front of a green screen. <laughs> no way. Dude, d- did you film any BTS of the editing breakdown? No, yeah. At that time, it was just like, it was so much work just for me to like try to finish the actual edit. I never thought to be like, oh, I'm going to like share all this. With yeah. You. I don't even remember if like stories were like brand new. I didn't use Snapchat. So it was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to film any extra content. I wish I did now, but um, yeah, I vividly remember dropping lettuce and queso on my floor, <laughs> which was carpet. Anything for the shot. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to get that silly shot. Yeah. It's so funny how like BTS now has become almost more valuable than the project itself. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. I think a lot of us creators are creating for other creators. Yeah. (laughs) More so than uh, because I think the regular viewer or just consumer likes seeing that stuff, but they obviously can't speak to the technical side of it. So it's a balance of like, who are you really trying to reach? Because if you go too heavy technical, then it's just like, People are you're scaring people away. Yeah but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I definitely now think about it like way more than uh, sometimes I should. Honestly, just like have <laughs> to show how this is done, and not just like be doing the actual execution of yeah. the shot. How do you balance being a full time creator and 
the hours that it takes to do client work and then also making time for passion projects? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. I honestly am just experimenting like like everybody else is kind of still a guessing game like client work takes priority there it's a dream people are paying us money to <laughs> make visuals for them and so the dream is that there's kind of a hybrid where something you're working on and getting paid to do you find a lot of passion in and that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're at now where it's like we're so lucky and grateful to be so busy and a lot of it is stuff i'm really excited to share mm-hmm. um and there's not as much that we're doing that's um strictly passion project wise one because there's not that much time for my brain to even come up with those concepts of what i want to execute and then yeah. partly it's getting fulfilled in the client work which is really cool that's super important yeah because we hear a lot of people talk about especially in the creative world burnout or like the potential harms of making a livelihood out of your passion like i said that dream is when those two come together and so i think just taking it like moment by moment and loving the process itself rather than just the the end product of whether whether that's like the finished video like mm-hmm. i'm really still reminding myself every day to just like be loving the actual doing of it rather yeah. than like oh i can't wait for people to like give me likes on this video and yeah, see yeah. the end product like actually enjoying like the six hours i spent like in after effects making 3d titles is kind of the like if you're enjoying that then the rest doesn't matter right because that's the point. You're loving it. Love the process. Yeah. I, I still geek out over your technical editing. Um, the sunglasses video that I was involved in, you shot. Oh, stop. It's not. <laughs> um, what I love about that video, like I literally, you can break it down scene by scene and you can see how all the transitions line up perfectly from like the way the subject was framed from one scene to the next to the way the sun flared in like the top right corner, one scene to the next. That is something very subtle but I think makes a really big difference in the quality of a video. Sure. But that's something that's so subtle, it's almost hard to teach. So where did you learn that sort of style? For sure. Yeah, it's, it's all theft. It's just stealing from, <laughs> from other people who are Steal good, like an artist. good at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, it's partly that. It's partly like, like finding inspiration in people's work that you admire and then adapting it. I mean, start by copying it. Try to see if you can do it exactly and then you kind of continue to do it until you develop what you like the most. And so mm-hmm. I think everybody's style is a hybrid of other people's style. So I definitely can't point to like, well, I watched Sam Calder and then so I stole everything, like 75% of what he does. And then I just threw some random stuff. You know, it's yeah. like a combination of a lot of different um, videos I've watched, like mm-hmm. creators I really enjoy and um, hopefully just trying to do it like what I think is visually appealing as well um but it's definitely just like a feel thing because it's cool when you can get appreciated um and thank you for uh the little like subtle things that you notice um Mm -hmm. and most viewers of any sort of content like feel that but they can't describe like the technicalities of it like why they liked it right or why it was cool at all but um you take pride in that as a creator and like i definitely do so it's like yeah you you know painstakingly will like match the sun flares perfectly for 30 minutes just so Someone <laughs> might see it, right? Right, so, right. So it's the cool. details. The yeah. details are going to make the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So who are, what are some creators or some resources that you found inspiration in over the years? Yeah, well, I have an econ degree uh, that I don't use. No um, way. But I, uh, <laughs> right, because I'm, I'm doing video, right? Well, I majored in business yeah. management. There you go. And, you know, here Good I am in us. the creative world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that not to brag because it doesn't matter. I say that because I tell people that I'm really a graduate of YouTube University, right? 
like a lot of people are. It's a crazy that this is a free resource where you can find inspiration, literally learn anything. Anything. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm self-taught. Like I didn't take a single video photography class in college, definitely yeah. not film school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think I take a lot of pride in that because I think it's cool. It's like everything I learned. Yeah. Other people taught me, but like other people that like I sought out on the internet. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting That's <laughs> conundrum. Thing, like, information is abundant. Yeah. Information is out there. Yeah. There's like a Jim Rohn quote where he says, um, if success came down to information, then everyone would be rich with a six pack. But it's not just the information. It's the yeah. actionable steps to like apply that information. Yeah. I always tell people like if invest first your time in learning. People think that they have to jump in and like buy a certain camera or a certain light. But if they just learn the tools that they have within reach, they can probably get pretty far. Yeah. What camera do you shoot with? I shoot now on the Sony mirrorless system. I thought you were going to ask me what camera I first shot with. So that's why it took me so long to answer that. But uh, yeah, I love, <laughs> I love the Sony mirrorless stuff. Um, A7S III, um, it's ridiculous what these cameras cost and then what they can do. I was on the A7 III forever. And it's like, was still is, like you can get it for under $2,000. And for what that camera does, it's ridiculous for photo and video. It's, yeah. You don't need anything else. And you can shoot it handheld. Like you literally can make incredible stuff. You don't need anything else. Yeah, we were yeah. just talking about this before we hopped on here. Like you also don't even need that. You can just use your phone and it's, you can make some crazy fun stuff. Dude, the content people are putting out on an iPhone or a GoPro or just like any old camera sitting in their closet. Like it's legit when you know yeah. how to use it. Yeah. Cause you were shooting with the a seven three for how long? For a few years. Um, yeah. And I had two of them and it cost me like less than most cam- most people's like single camera. Um, and it, yeah, it's awesome. I was, yeah. I was doing that. I was just like, <laughs> I think I just like loved having such a cheap setup and doing like bigger and bigger projects, you know, that like had these big budgets and like part of you was like, well, like the client has these expectations. They want it to like look fancy. So they feel like they're getting their money's worth. But also right. it's like, man, I have like two $2,000 cameras and it's like, <laughs> I'm making these like things that people think you need a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear to do, which, right. is, which is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's the Indian, not the arrow. And it, you know, gets said over and over, but mm. I think. It is important. You just need to learn the skills and then upgrade gear if you really think you need to, like for, for specific things. But uh, learning the skill set is like by far superior. Yeah. Right? So I also have the A7S III. What made you want to make the jump from the three to the S3? Yeah, I finally had like a lot of, not a lot, a couple clients request um, like delivery in 4K. So that's like a very specific reason like where most clients are not creatives. And so they're just like, wow, this looks great. Thank you. Yeah, um, they have opinions, but they don't know necessarily um, what or why they need certain things. But mm-hmm. this client specifically has said, I need everything in 4K. And I was like, great. Um, always important. We're like, we're going to charge you for that because that's more storage and then more editing time. But right. um, yeah, happily, I'll upgrade cameras. And then um, obviously, like as soon as I got it, I was like, oh, my God, why didn't I get it like Dude, this sooner? Because it's incredible. Yeah. But, and I don't know if anybody else will notice that like I think the visuals look way better, but it's just a micro upgrade yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things for sure. Yeah, totally. Visually. So have yeah. you ever run into a situation where you're on a client shoot, big budget, they're expecting like the big cameras that they probably see on TV and mm-hmm. movies. And then you show up with like a Sony mirrorless, mm-hmm. which you've shot all your work on, mm-hmm. which they love. And then like, is that going to be enough for wh- what we have going on? Like, yeah. Like where are the big cameras? Yeah. <laughs> have you yeah. run into that situation? It's a good question. No, luckily not really. Um, I think we live in a space where it's, it's great. We have a lot of really trusting clients that we end up 
always like becoming friends with for the most part and having great relationships with. So they've seen our work, right? Most of the time they're not, they're definitely not hiring us randomly. They've seen what we do. And so they trust that we've done that with the gear we bring to shoot, you know, it's like, I joked with one of them, actually the same one who said, um, I need 4k output. And it's like, if I showed up and just pulled my iPhone out of my pocket, like you might flinch (laughs) real quick, but then if you're like, well, if that's how you do the rest of your stuff, then like, do your thing. Right. So yeah, it's like, it doesn't really matter. I think they, um, you build cool relationships with your clients where they end up trusting you. And, um, you know, sometimes it does like that need to be that, like, this looks really incredible and impressive, but Mm -hmm. like you can like spec out the the A7S threes to look cinema or you can have like nothing on a bigger, like cinema style camera and Mm -hmm. like the bigger one looks more impressive. Right. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, your end product is what people are really totally. judging you off of. So do you ever feel pressured to like build out a rig or something like that on your S3 and get like the, the cage with the monitor and like the rails so, sometimes. And then I've <laughs> done it for shoots and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is so annoying. Like I have to switch something or like, you know, it's just like sometimes it really gets in the way. It so does. I, I like repeat this a lot. I just love having constraints. Like I sometimes wish that like I'd accidentally forgotten all my lenses except for one. Because with like these these like fake rules or constraints, and sometimes I'll challenge myself to do that, like on you know like traveling or something. I'm only bringing one lens. Like my brain literally opens up to being more creative. It's yeah. crazy when I have all the tools at my disposal. You think like, oh my god, I can make anything. So I'm gonna like really blow it out. But then it's like for me at least, my mind gets cluttered and I have mm. too much stuff and too much resources and too many options. Yeah. And so like eliminating all that decision fatigue for me is way more helpful. Yeah. So if I just Simplify. get like, I don't even have like zoom lenses, so they're all prime. So if I literally had like a 25 and an, you know, handheld like Sony mirrorless camera, I think I would make something better sometimes if i only had like an hour also then i would with like four lenses yeah and two cameras so it's, yeah. that's true yeah quality over quantity and knowing your tools goes yeah. a lot further yeah more is definitely not not always better i can't make a decision often to save my life so anytime <laughs> i can make the decision ahead of time or like not get to that point where i need to yeah consider all the options it's it's great for me and i think yeah. for, it would work for a lot of people not everybody but yeah i think it's important quality over quantity i say with a cart full of lenses and gear in my B&H shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> you have it just sitting there, right? Just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Just like scroll through. Like, yeah. Mm, I I mean, everybody this? does it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So speaking of client relations, how do you judge whether a, a potential project is going to be something worth taking or not? Yeah, it's, it's uh, awesome. I'll kind of answer it two ways. One, um, we came up with, we stole because everybody steals um, something from Chase Jarvis, who is genius, um, about three boxes. Um, and so we put this in our business guide and recommend it to other creators that it's got to hit two of the three boxes. If someone reaches out, that has to, um, be well paying. So it has to be a lot of money. Um, connections has to, it does this person that's hiring you. Are they well connected? Would they introduce you to somebody else? Of course, now I'm going to forget the last one. Um, portfolio. Mm. Would you be proud of this video or this piece of content that you're going to end up be putting out and would you share it? Um, Mm -hmm. so if it hits two of those three, it's a yes. If it hits three of those three, it's a hell yes. Yeah. Um, and then if it hits one, um, maybe it just pays a lot of money and it's like, I don't, I don't care about this. I'm, I'm doing something like I'm shooting porta potties. Like I'm not going to share this. And then yeah. that guy's not well connected. And so it's just like, sometimes you take those on, but yeah. often that's a really clear indicator of like, this is going to meet my needs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be happy doing this. Um, and so two out of those three is kind of our rule. Also just over communication. We, 
make sure everybody like fills something out on our website, which we never used to do. Mm-hmm. And so having that like two hour phone call or meeting at a coffee shop with somebody who just said, I want to hire you for video. Can we meet? You know, I think most people would be like stoked and they're like, yes. But now changing that answer to, I would love to, we make everybody fill this out just so we can get a general idea of what you're looking for. Yeah. Cause then you know if they hit your boxes before you waste their time and they waste your time potentially. Right. right and right. so that's been a huge thing for us just over communication before even deciding to go in on something. Yeah. Did you always have those systems in place or did you have to like fail your way to realizing like, dang, I should really have a process for this thing. Yeah. Almost everything we do <laughs> correctly now we failed in that area. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people like in general, you almost have to do it. your fail yourself for it to really mean something to you. You can tell people, um, and we do often, and it's like, until it happens to them, then it really resonates. So like, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And we're yeah. still failing all the time. It's like, we just didn't commu- communicate this or that. And it's often is communication, just like over communicating to clients about expectations, what everybody's looking for and, and execution and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, failing often is <laughs> definitely a lesson because yeah. you're, you just you keep learn. getting better for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially with all the people who are just like jumping into the content gang, you know, a couple YouTube videos and like a solid camera, you mm-hmm. can start shooting and making money. Yeah. But yeah. I think a lot of people who want to be creative entrepreneurs aren't taking the steps to sustain. Yeah. Like having those pillars of here's how I'm going to judge if this project is worth me taking or here's my system to make sure expectations are being met. Yeah, I think it's it's equally as important maybe like i don't know 40 or 60 right like yeah it's hard as a one-man band which a lot of us are to do both like be the business person and be the creative but um and i'm lucky now for four years i've had my wife who runs the business Mm -hmm. Um, but we are often saying to people that like you don't necessarily need a second person um so you know study up on the stuff that you may not like as much because you probably got into it for the creative aspect right um, but it's also a business. It's a business right? and you're getting paid and, and a lot of creatives get screwed over in so many different ways. Yeah. And so it's important to know what ways you can potentially fail and avoid them or you're just going to learn the hard way. And yeah, sometimes that's valuable too. You win or you learn. Yeah. yeah. So you went to school for econ. Is that where you learned the business of creative entrepreneurship or was that also self-taught YouTube, Google? Yeah. I, I wish I could say that like, yeah, that, that undergrad degree was like super helpful. But yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Worth the tuition. It, <laughs> yeah. It was the best social experience I could have for myself for sure. I think that's what undergrad is for most people. So yep. I can't really, no, I didn't take any, um, entrepreneur classes. All my electives were my favorite classes, like African-American music, upper division, jazz, intro to winemaking. Those are my favorite wow. classes. Yeah. But, um, no, I didn't learn it from my undergrad experience. I think, um, I grew up with parents who kind of did their own thing. Um, and my dad kind of preached that, um, it was awesome to be your own boss. He's a massage therapist and my mom kind of did that as well. Um, and so I saw that firsthand and really loved it. And I think just subconsciously like strove for that myself, like Mm -hmm. wanting to run my own business, whatever that I had no idea what that was going to be. I thought for sure I was going to try to play baseball as long as I could. But yeah, I think it's just that fuel that you feel really being consumed with something that you love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you learn the business side, whether that's the part you like really that fires you up or that's only an aspect of it that you just need to master a little bit. Um, Yeah. So I think it's just kind of different for every every person but i mm-hmm. think it's something that can be learned as well for sure yeah do yep. all the boring stuff yep yep or so called you, you say boring and some people love that stuff some yeah. people do yeah. so that's another option yeah. is like find someone who actually <laughs> does so who's the more business minded person between you and your wife 100 percent, kelly yeah oh, okay yeah. perfect balance yeah. i literally 
when I'm, we're meeting people and again, they ask what we do. It's like, Oh, so what do you guys do then? Like individually, I'm like, Kelly runs the business yeah. and, um, I get to do the fun stuff, but like, it's honestly true. And she yeah. eats that stuff up. Like she would sit here and talk to you about all of the different tax rules and your LLC and like that fires Dude. her up. And that's I so cool for Kelly. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so obviously it's almost like you are trying to bring up a shameless plug that Kelly wrote a, a business guide for creatives. Um, complete like huge long ebook um, with we now added like video components too really? um, to teach people like us who don't necessarily want to run the business how to run the business right um, so you don't have to fail in those ways that we did so where can people find that guide it's on our website doublezproductions.com and um, business guide is is on there um, yeah we're like looking to sell it in, in different places but uh yeah we've been really lucky it's helped a lot of people who are one-man bands who had no idea about some of the things that existed out there that you know our goal is to really make a lot of lot more freelance creatives make like a hundred grand and up like a year because it's it's very doable and you just kind of have to set some rules in place and have an understanding of how to run the business side. You don't have to be obsessive and love taxes, but like yeah. you can have a basic understanding and do really well and have more fun doing it. Cause it was, it was me struggling trying to do all of that. You know, I want to be shooting or editing, but I had to like make a contract to send a client and estimates and all, all that stuff that like right. is necessary and it makes you, be able to breathe easier at the end of the day, but, um, it takes up time. And so mm-hmm. to be able to streamline that so you can focus on the stuff you want to do is, mm-hmm. is way more valuable. So, so were you and Kelly both running the business from the beginning? It was just me. Yeah. It was me for, um, four years. We got married almost to the day four years ago and she pitched to me, um, right before we got married, like, Hey, like I'm going to work for you. And it was, it was kind of a question <laughs> and we got married more, in, of, a, more in, of a statement <laughs> yeah, in September. And uh, I was like, okay, let's try it through the end of the year and see if we like it. And the first time she came on, um, she doubled what I made the entire year before in the first six months she came on. Oh dude. So it was no kind brainer. of, yeah, it's not really a choice at that point. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, great. you, you work, you work, we yeah, work together. We work together. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so obviously you have to pay bills for another human to, to eat and to pay rent and that sort of thing. But like, She's more than done that. And it's just yeah. like taking a huge load off. Um, and again, yeah, it's two people. But I, but like I say, like it's just her going and getting after it on the business side. Like, mm-hmm. And you can do that as one person for sure. Too, yeah. so. Starting out, like did you have, were there any struggles early on getting clients or really establishing yourself? Yeah, uh, for sure. It was just a guessing game, right? I remember sending many cold emails to people and business owners in industries I thought were cool and it not working at all. Um, <laughs> And our artwork has, from day one, always been word of mouth. And that's the most powerful business tool in any business, but creative especially, because one, it's really cool that we make content. And so we don't have to necessarily do marketing. Mm-hmm. All of our videos, our end products are, are marketing, marketing, right? They yeah. speak for themselves. So you just have to be a good people person and be likable um, and be a little bit professional. And I think you can just keep growing and growing. And that's literally all we've done. We've never paid for for ads on social. Um, we've never had to do any sort of like standard marketing. It's just kind of trial and error, but I don't want to say that like, it was like just blowing up from the beginning. It was like, I had like one project every now and then. Right. And it's like, you go through ebbs and flows and, um, you just build a network of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and those people that are connectors and are business owners that know other people, it's like, you just keep doing good work and being a good person. And that slowly builds. There it is. <laughs> Do the work. TikTok. No. Yeah. Just get on TikTok. Just yeah. hit the algorithm. And you're yeah, good. Guaranteed. Do you feel like the need for highly produced content is depleting or what do you feel like the state of the, the, the creative content world is right now? Yeah, that's that's a really well thought out question. That's that's smart because we do often 
find ourselves almost shooting down to a more approachable level, right? Rather than like doing the most high value, high production level possible. You want something that like viewers, like your brain works so fast because we're scrolling through so much that like often when you see something that like looks high production value, you almost just fly past it because you're just like, like you're so used. Yeah. You feel like you're being sold to in like a snap judgment. It's so fast. And Mm so, yeah, something often that's like more approachable is more ideal for certain clients. And so we just have that conversation, right? Like I think it depends is kind of the answer and that's not a fun answer for anybody <laughs> here. But it's just communicating with like what that overall vision is and um, what the client needs or what you, if you're creating stuff for yourself, what who your market is and who, what they want to see, right? So yeah. um, if it's like a big budget, like production for a company that, you know, if it's a luxury car company, like obviously no, the answer is like, you still want to maintain that like, feel and look and vibe of like high production so probably shoot on everything cinema and pay a lot of money to do so so everyone feels good about it and then the viewer at the end of the day sees that and feels that but often a lot of like startups and um lifestyle brands that want to market to people our age and younger um yeah they need to do stuff with influencers shooting on their phone Mm -hmm. or if you're still that creative that's in charge of creating that um it's just a conversation you have with the client to be like what do you really want to get out of this or what do you want the the end goal I feel um, that. Yeah. And then you can, I don't want to say shoot down to that, but you just get creative with how you can market to that mm-hmm. crap and like cool stuff you can make that people will resonate with. Yeah. That's what the goal. The needs are. Yeah. So yeah. you've had, you have an, a really impressive client list. Who are some of your dream clients that you're like trying to you know, work with at one? Yeah. Someday? It's changed. It used to be like, that was the basic question. And like, I had my, my basic answer and it's mm-hmm. really cool to look back and be like, of course, like I want to work for, I want to shoot for Nike. I want to shoot for Red Bull. And like having experienced a little taste of what it's like to work with like a little bit bigger clients, we don't work with like huge clients. I think our sweet spot is um, clients who have like a great presence in maybe multiple cities, Mm -hmm. but often we're having communication with someone who has active ownership in the brand. So like they really care about the brand. I think when we work with people who are just as passionate about what they do and Mm -hmm. still run the brand rather than like, you know, a sub, sub, sub like marketing director who like cares about the success, but isn't like lives and breathes and dies by it. Like I love working with those people um, who run it themselves and really care about the success of it. So um, that passion fires me up. So that often means it's brands that are not quite as big as the like Nike who has like 400 agencies probably and that sort of thing, because the bigger you go, it's a game where you start to slowly lose creative control. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I've noticed. So like making stuff that is well-recognized for brands that you still had a full say in and you didn't have to have 50 people on set. Like sometimes some people want that. I think if we can have small crew, really cool concept and really cool visuals, that's kind of my goal. And so I can't really name all of those brands. I have like a few in mind, but mm-hmm. yeah, it used to be like, had to be major league baseball. had to be Red Bull. had to be Nike. Right. Um, and an opportunity for them would be cool, but I now have expectations set for myself that I would play one part in that rather than right now I do like, almost all the pre-production, definitely all the shooting, usually all the editing mm-hmm. and Kelly does all the communication versus I'm just going to like DP or I'm just going to do this for a bigger client. So yeah. I think that's so true. So basically you're saying it's more about the people you're working with than sure. the, it being a globally recognized brand. Sure. And you can still set those goals with like, but I just have changed now who those brands and people are yeah. basically. Um, more it's just mission- not the like obvious like international like brands that everybody recognizes because you think that recognition is cool but like at the end of the day you just have a small piece in that and that's cool for some people but for me i really love 
owning a lot of the process. I've been lucky enough at this point in my career to say I've worked with some really big dream clients. Yeah. They've been some of my least fulfilling projects because you don't have as much creative say. You're more of just a technician, play a small part. There are layers and layers and layers of approval and multiple cooks in the kitchen. At the end of the day, you're not really represented creatively. Mm -hmm. Or if you are, it's just a small fraction of your creative capability. Yeah. Whereas if you're working with a smaller company where you're actually face to face with the head of the brand, the head mm-hmm. of the business, you get a lot more involvement creatively. It's more fulfilling. Yeah. You see the benefit that you're providing them firsthand as opposed to like months later, you might see your ad on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Yeah. So it seems like the obvious answer is the bigger, the better, but it's not always the case. So yeah, just finding fulfillment and making stuff that is seen by some people. Sure. That's part of the, like the fun and enjoyment of it, but not necessarily the, uh, the biggest brand out there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's huge. Especially for yeah. young creators who have this idea, like yeah. Nike is like the pinnacle or, yeah. you know, like brands similar to that. It's sure. Like, sure. Really. It's like, what brands can you make a difference in? Mm-hmm. What brands do you resonate with? Yeah. And what brands do you feel like you can effectively and creatively tell their story? Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the, those are the dream clients. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to change everybody's mind. Like it's still great to set goal. Like I, goal setting is a huge part of our process and mm-hmm. like those dreams, but often they have to experience it themselves where they work with somebody who they used to be like, I would have dreamed to do this. I would have killed to do this five years ago and then yeah. be like, well, I didn't necessarily enjoy that as much as I thought I would. And then you realize what you really want to get after. Totally. So. What are some brands that you feel like their content, like they're doing content really well. They're doing story and documentation really well. Yeah. Is this brands that I work with or just in general? It could be brands that you, (laughs) you know, like plug yourself. Yeah. Uh, No, no. I just wanted to understand the full question. Yeah. 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 Like for me, I think Yeti's content is really good. Yeah. I think that they are one of the the pinnacles of storytelling that I want to produce. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any sort of other iconic pinnacle brands that you like their content? Yeah. I think that's, especially being in Austin, that's an obvious answer is is Yeti. Um, I think anybody that is a brand like that, that like it transcends the actual product, like is definitely one that always speaks to people and, and comes to mind first because Yeti like literally is just a cooler, right? right? And now you think of like all these incredible like short films about people that aren't superstars, but they are like superstars in their little hometown or they just mm-hmm. have incredible stories and it elevates the fact that like people want to put a logo of a cooler on their shirt and on their head and, right. you know, so because of the way that like it attaches you emotionally mm-hmm. to a brand. So I think Getty's a really good example of that. Um, Red Bull's obviously another example of that. Like everybody loves Red Bull and like the majority of those people do not drink Red Bull right. that, that love Red Bull, right? right? Just because it's bigger than just an energy drink. And yeah. so I think the way I want to end this, well, actually I have a question too, is like with all that you've done with double Z, um, really it being just yourself and then also the addition of Kelly mm-hmm. is really impressive. Where do you see you two double Z heading, what are the next steps in growth with your production company? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I think the more we've been able to do ourselves and been super grateful to do so, I realized that there's a way to help a lot of other people get to just the place that we were a few years ago, get to where we are now. Um, and that's kind of the answer for us, like scalability wise, it's really hard to do scaling for a creative because everyone wants to do their own thing. Right. So like trying to grow bigger and have employees isn't necessarily our goal. I think we want to outsource some stuff and continue to do bigger and better stuff and tell greater stories. But um, helping other creatives run this type of business is really something I see us doing in the future and continuing to make 
individual filmmakers or whatever you want to, they want to call themselves really happy because they're making a lot of money mm-hmm. doing stuff they really enjoy is kind of what I see us doing more of down the road. And I would be really fulfilled to, to keep doing. Cool. So yeah. being more of like an education resource. Yeah. A little oh, bit. It's always going to be like, I feel the most fulfillment, like making stuff, yeah. but man, it feels really good when like someone reported back that like they just locked in the biggest job of their career with a dream client based on rules they set in place of their business based on what they read that we wrote in our little office. So yeah, yeah it's cool. I've been loving y'all's reels, yeah. like the role playing reels. Those <laughs> are awesome. so helpful. Yeah. Dude. Like you're pulling on like your own personal experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just finding ways to continue because we're bad at marketing ourselves. It's hard <laughs> to talk about yourself. So just we need to be like putting out more stuff like that, that like we do in the confines of our own home and don't necessarily share out. It's like we have those types of conversations and mm-hmm. not always like role play, but you know, learning those lessons, like you don't realize till after sometimes that it's like super helpful to just share that with other people because a lot of other people find value in your mistakes or your successes. Yeah, sure. So besides just more amazing storytelling and content, what's next for double Z and Zach's lactic? (sighs) Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I want to dunk a basketball before I'm 30 in January. (laughs) How close are you? Yeah, I'm really close. Yeah. Uh, Are you a two foot jumper or one foot jumper or what? A converted two foot jumper. Yeah. Two foot jumper. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of the like personal goals. Personal goals are just as important, I think. Totally. Yeah. Where are you? I, I, can you dunk like a tennis ball? Or? Throwing down tennis ball. There throwing you go. Down, anything I can palm, I can throw okay. down. Okay. But when when I go off the dribble, it's not not happening. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. That's my that's my like mental break. It's like I get two hours every morning to like work out or do whatever, and like right I'm on. fully checked out and checked into what I'm doing, which like not worried about client communication, that sort of thing. That's a good balance. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, yeah, I went off subject, but like, that's (laughs) definitely like, that's a goal for me. That's next for me. I hope we'll need to see video proof when this happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm documenting the whole thing. For sure. Yeah. Just all the bad and good jumps. And then, (laughs) yeah, just continuing to like blast out that we are trying to be a resource that is help for creative entrepreneurs. Um, and I think that's the best title for, for people because you're not just a filmmaker. You're not just an editor, maybe like, the end of the day you're representing yourself and and a business and so that's more of where we're going and, and what we're going to continue to do and then we're going to continue to do um bigger projects um and maybe even less projects right it's like the goal is to do go all in on stuff that you can put all your intensity and effort into and again i still have to pinch myself that we're getting paid and getting paid well to do this job and yeah and uh, to just keep doing more of that well last question would you say you're living your dream life yeah, for sure. I think almost every year I've looked back and been like, this is the best year of my life. Like this is better than last year. Cause you have, you know, more knowledge, more skills, like now maybe getting close to like less athletic ability. Like, so maybe next year won't be the best year, of my life. <laughs> but you know, everything keeps growing. It's like, you have more money, more resources, more friends, more experience. And so, yeah, yeah I think I'm living my best life and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. That's you know awesome. I mean? Yeah. I think that that's a good realization for people to to, to notice is like a lot of us are living our dream lives. We're getting sure. paid to create content, to l- fulfill our passion. Yeah. And I think over the years, it'll start to look different, bigger budgets, bigger, bigger production, more money, mm-hmm. maybe a few more team members if we want. Mm-hmm. But ultimately like the day-to-day operations are about the same. Yeah. So that's a good realization yeah. to, to notice like we are living our dream lives yeah. already. Yeah. So I th- yeah. Just like always having the gratitude for what you're doing. It's the same as like being process oriented, right? Like yeah. the more it's easy to want more. And I think there's parts of that that are important, the goal setting. And if you're not striving for something, then you're kind of just going to stay the same. But at the same time, you're going to be happiest when you're realizing that like what you got is pretty good. And like five years ago, me, like if I could have like flash forward and looked at where I'm at right now, it's like, 
would have been stoked. Would have been like, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. I'll take that. So, yeah, it's <laughs> everything I, I would have hoped and dreamed for. And so just realizing that I think is equally as important because totally. you're gonna keep doing good work and enjoying what you're doing while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super important. Love that. Well, in closing, we brought up at the beginning of the podcast your home video. So, oh boy. If you have a couple minutes, I want to, I want to get, I want to play the video and just kind of get like your reaction, your breakdown, what stands out to you. You mentioned there are some cringy moments. I don't know what you might be talking about, but anything that stands out to you, uh, we'd love to get your input. Sure. You yeah. Let's, watch it? let's do it. All yeah. right. Let's do it. I could, I could make it take anywhere from five minutes to an hour. Okay. So Zach, I have pulled up a video that I think you're very familiar with. I've watched uh, it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> this video is called Home, Austin, Texas. You posted this video to YouTube three years ago. Yeah. It's got thousands and thousands of views. Um, rightfully so. This is the video that I was saying was very influential in my decision to move to Austin. And here we are years later. And we're going to watch it. Watching it back. I love this. Watch this is a great, great idea. When was the last time you watched this video? man probably at least a year ago at least a year yeah. ago yeah all right cool yeah anytime if you want to pause it and all right, um, let's do comment it. or just give any input sweet i'll try to keep uh it brief because i could probably talk about each shot so okay right yeah. on. all right let's yeah. give it a go Home is so this is a shout out to fiverr for this guy who did the voiceover that i just hired and eminence it is yeah. familiar. barton springs lovely. that's your wife yep you live yeah, so a lot of this is just like, that's my dog. Like, all of this is just like footage are, I shot for other projects that was generic enough or home. stuff I had that I was shooting for fun. I mean, yeah. I used to bring my camera everywhere for fun, and yeah. I miss that. But at the same time, I don't miss that because I don't want to edit any of that stuff. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> but it's there's some big pros to, to having a camera around all the time, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so obviously that's my wife. This is yeah. like, that's terrible motion tracking. Are you kidding me? That to transition like, <laughs> was crazy. So Good. I know where that is. That's at Butler Park yep. on that like hill. That's right. So just looking like, straight down. Yeah, yeah, that's a top-down drone shot. Top-down drone shot. Yeah, just like masked out. Yeah, if I were to redo it, I would make that cleaner. But like, it gets the job done. You know, it gets yeah. the job done. It's great. I mean, it still amazes it's me. Great. So it's a good idea. I had the idea from like pretty much the get-go to like obviously UT like fight song, Eyes of Texas. It's very literal. Yeah. Yeah, but it's cool. I'm facing back to front. Also, I ruined my um, monetization off YouTube because all of my videos use ridiculously like unusable Copyright. songs. Copyright. Songs. <laughs> yeah. So Odessa, for some reason, Odessa. was like, but it's the, the perfect mind. vibe. Yeah. And again, now it's like hundreds of people have used this song. So yeah. it's cliche, but hey, I'd still I'm proud of it. It works. Yeah. Cause is that Canon, like a lot of this is like Canon um, 6D because that was what I used to shoot on. Wow. And so like a lot of this is like super old stuff that's like it could do 1080, 24 was like the best <laughs> it could do. Did you shoot yeah. in a in a like C log or whatever Canon no. flat? No, I didn't even know. I didn't know much about color grading when I like shot the stuff. Like I, I had an idea. It's like teal and orange, you know, a little bit of color grading now, and that's part of the, like the cringe factor too. It's like I would do a better job now, but like it's still cool. It's still cool. It's got it's got a matching vibe, cinematic ish. So this shot, yeah, this is one that could probably take some explaining. But uh, had the idea. I had the uh, really cool time lapse from Kelly used to live right next door, which was incredible. So this is a time lapse from her roof. Um, masked in actually no you know what this is just set a tripod up at Mozart's do the little like cheers action yeah and then leave the camera there and then keep it rolling yeah so oh, okay. it's technically so the, the so same the shot and then I had to do a lot of like 
rotoscoping this was before it was like easier in after effects so if you look at my head like it's definitely like suspect some feathering <laughs> there but so this is a frame yeah. by frame mask yeah essentially frame by frame yeah that's why it took me hundreds of hours i didn't know what i was doing it was just learning on the fly doing yeah. everything manually so but like how this one turned out for sure yeah, yeah. worth it yeah yeah some red bud action if you there haven't you been go. there you gotta go there yeah uh, yeah. yeah, all the standard Austin that. things you... That shot just right, let's go back. Let's go back. The Austin American Statesman truck. Yeah. <laughs> serves as the perfect transition. Like Yeah. So a lot, I, a lot of thought was put into like, you know, like in all my videos, the directional movement, like to stay the same. So it doesn't take the viewer out, out right. of it. And then us creative nerds can geek out about like, the transition was sick. But other people will just think, well, it flowed nicely. Did, was that just coincidental that it was the Austin American Statesman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's next door. So right. it, yeah, so, like I, I hang there a lot. I go across yeah. the bridge a lot. I, and I have my camera a lot. I've never just timed it perfectly where the truck was driving by yeah. perfectly. This was one of the, like I would call these like pickup shots. I didn't have anything of the bats. So I was like, let's shoot some like really Austin-y footage of the bats and the bats were good that day. And so I turned around, saw the sunset and I just pointed my camera to film the sunset and then the truck drove in front of it. So I was just like, maybe I'll use that as a mask. And it just happened to be the, the truck because the office was right there. That so. worked out perfectly. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> mostly it's just coincidence yeah so it dr wow. drives by and then you just you probably uh, i bet if i pause it, it'll look terrible oh it's not too bad you just oh, draw yeah. a mask Clean. yeah yeah look at that see I was, that's what i was saying we could take forever doing this <laughs> so similar motion oh, wow had had the drone shot and then just shot a handheld like hyperlapse i think we're focused on like the ninja, ninja part style. of the bridge yeah 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 oh hamilton pool before it was reservation only never been there you never been to hamilton no. pool yeah it's it's pretty dreamy yeah yeah it's like actually that color that's no fake color grade oh wow yeah oh and this is another pickup shot i forced a lot of friends to <laughs> be like actors in this silly video there's so a perfect that, example yeah so that's planned out that was like one of the last things i did probably like two like at the right when i was ready to like finish the edit yeah i was like i have this idea you guys are just gonna do the same thing it's a match cut let's walk by a tree and then be in the same order canoeing yeah and then so i'll pick up some other like extra drone shots maybe yeah so, yeah so good example of yeah. the match cut the subjects are in the same part of the frame yep from one scene to the next yep smooth transition even though it's a different setting yeah it is easy on the eye to yeah. understand what's happening yeah and then if i did it redid it now i'd probably like ease in the keyframes a little more so that it's like even smoother but like that's that's the basic idea yeah and you just cut it out with a mask mm -hmm. and then keyframe that and then if the shots lined up usually you can take care of it by doing a better job when you're like actually shooting it yeah but yeah cool Beautiful little waterfall action yeah flying the drone and walking really hard oh wow yeah is that your dog that's my dog <laughs> that's acl actually oh. shout out greg folks who got me into video i mentioned at the start of the podcast yeah um he let me just steal his acl footage when he was a, a hired shooter for that <laughs> oh nice <laughs> Thanks, Greg. That's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> he was shooting the chain smokers, so oh, worked shit. out great. Oh, that was gallery. Drew right there. All right, so this sequence I had planned out from the get-go. I was like, everybody needs to see the like street art when they come to Austin, yeah. so I'm just going to shoot all of it. Um, RIP to Graffiti Wall. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, that was one of my favorite spots when I first moved here. Oh, for it's, sure. It's right by the skate park. So it's like the best like portrait spot. Yeah. It's yeah. like very urban, obviously. Definitely. Um, and then, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to run into this, and I use this kind of... I don't know, this like push in, like motion, throw motion blur on it. It's like the cheapest, like easiest way to like show a lot of stuff in a row and it's just dynamic. But yeah, it's just like zoom transition and uh, just going in and out. And then this beginning was just a mask. You mm -hmm. draw a rectangle and then keyframe it. 
and then no one will notice but i put in like a fake sky to <laughs> for some reason to really was the, a, was, the, time was the actual sky just not not it was just it? yeah it was just boring <laughs> it was just boring and then I knew oh, I was going to do one of the UT that tower. One yeah. is cr- that one was yeah. so perfect. Also, a small detail is that you put in like a, like a, like a, oh, sound effect yeah. over the I love you so much. Yeah. Subtle detail. <laughs> Some people might miss it. But when you catch it, it's like, oh, I yeah. appreciate that. This is detail. way more fun watching with you because you actually <laughs> notice the stuff I slaved over that no one, <laughs> no one else cares about. But yeah, I think yeah. I, I was planning on doing something at UT, um, like hyperlapse wise. And this one was hilarious because I did it in the morning during school uh-huh. and had to walk over all of those bushes you see. Oh, so I was yeah, just like just lined with bushes. Yeah. So it was like, it took me an hour photo, take one step forward, like all the way down that uh, to the tower. And so people were just like, what is this? What is this guy? I was like <laughs> climbing over bushes, trying to stay in a perfect line. Yeah. Taking and, this, uh, what looks like the same picture yeah. over and oh, over. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. It turned out all right. It was yeah. very sweaty. So I obviously like reversed it. Yeah. And then I did the same thing all the way down the block. Cause I've had nothing better to do. That is just a series of photo, 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 repeat hundreds of times. Yeah. So this one was, wouldn't recommend, but yeah, walking down the middle of Congress, I think I went kind of late. So like knowing there would be minimal traffic, but it's just, you have your lines there, so you don't need to like follow it. You just can follow the yellow lines. And yeah. I picked the top of the uh, the Capitol to put in frame, and then I did it again in the daytime. Yeah, just knowing that like that was kind of pre-planned. I was like, this beat drop is fire. I have to put something fire with it. And so yeah. I was like, I'm gonna have like a hyperlapse sequence. One because I like hadn't practiced them that often, so yeah. it was like a good way to have a bunch of them. And um, thought it would be like dynamic. Definitely yeah. have that wow factor. Like, yeah. Whoa, what is that? What's happening? It's just a lot moving, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot at once. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. So all the classic spots. So you can see that like it's a little bit shaky. Like I would redo it net today and probably be better because those are like my first ever hyperlapses. Yeah. yeah. Did like, you do a lot of stabilization of in post? Tried to. I like double like for the real nerds. I like triple nested it and wor- stabilized, stabilized it. And it's stabilized, still stabilized. as shaky as you see it. So <laughs> it's like it's all right. So yeah. uh, the Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. and the uh, the star yeah. at um, Auditorium Shores. Yeah. That's you just walking in circles. Yeah. Shooting up. at the point of the star and trying to keep that in the in the center frame. Yeah. That's pretty nice. much it, yeah. yeah. And then this I just ripped from my uh, proposal video because I had my buddy Greg shoot all this for my proposal video, if you haven't seen that. And uh, it's just me running around everywhere. <laughs> Shout out Ashley Kidd. She's how'd the you, best surfer I'll ever know. How'd you get under the board? Yeah, this is just being um, stupid probably and putting your camera really close to the water. Yeah, so you're just like holding the, off the boat, or yeah, just kind of standing on the like the edge step. Yeah, I've been lucky to shoot Ashley a lot, and so it's like, you know, you kind of capture the same shots over and over. So each time I'm like, let's do something weird and different, and so that yeah. was like one where I was like, that actually turned out really cool. Worth it. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, so Barton Springs New Year's it's New Year's Day. Everyone does polar plunge. Polar plunge. That's why everyone's there. Yeah, nice. yeah. So yeah, selfishly, a lot of this is me trying to set up a. Um, or making my wife hold the camera for different things. And like, that's I have to show Barton <laughs> Springs. I have to show this. That's that. what I love about this video, too, yeah. is that it's not just showing the touristy stuff. It's sure. showing, like, the real. Like, that's something that people do. They sure. they do the polar plunge yeah. every year. Yeah, so people are, speaking of, polarized by that fact. Because some people are like, don't show that stuff. Like, don't move here or whatever. But it's yeah. like, more the merrier. Like, yeah. I was blown away by, like, what I expected Texas to look like before right. I moved here. And so, like, this is the stuff I discovered and thought was incredible. So it's like, yeah. I got to share it. Same. Yeah. And diving board's best part of Barton Springs, obviously. Bro, another crazy perfect transition. 
he, as he's diving into the pool, the yeah. kite comes down the same direction of the frame. Yes. So yeah, just another ma You'll see a lot of similarities, match cuts, yeah. Most of my videos, I have so much footage and it's hard to cut it down, right? For this, it's like I really wanted to be particular. And so it, I had gaps in the, in the song and like the track where I was like, I want something to fit here that shows Austin isn't just a waste of space, but like also matches. And so um, kind of found that these matched really well and it was a good way to like go intro like Zilker, what happens to Zilker, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, they're obviously like well thought out as far as um, the way they get introed and then the way they flow together. But yeah, it's just a match cut of the same kind of movement. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kite Fest here. And then just some blurs. Obviously nice. got to show Dirty Six really got briefly. To. Salt so Lake. Getting back there filming where they, you're just like, hey man, do you mind if I grab a couple shots? Or Yeah, they were. that's like their main barbecue pit. Like yeah. that's like right at the entrance. So like everybody's always taking a selfie there anyway. So yeah. they, they don't care. Yeah. Do you have like a go-to yeah. when you're trying to get like a shot for a video? But it's mm -hmm. like, you don't have like a permit or anything. It's for personal. Yeah. Do you ever say like, like, like for me, when I first got here, I'd always be like, hey, I'm a UT film student. Do you mind mm. if I grab a few shots for my film project oh nice you nice. know and that was like my way to just like get a quick yes if i wanted to grab a shot yeah that's really smart do you i ever... think i just haven't run into that that often honestly i usually just go by the uh beg for forgiveness <laughs> rather than ask for permission yeah just um, do it until the time and do it and if they're like stop then i'll have a reason yeah, yeah. usually just get it yeah you know. nope that was a i pointed the camera and no one told me no and again i can't monetize this anyway so uh works out yeah, it was like quickly like UT football, ACL, and then the library just got built. So Wait, can you run that back? Because yeah. another small detail, masking in the shadow of the skateboarder. Yeah. So that's, again, that was, um, I made Greg fly a drone. It's me riding the, the skateboard. Oh, okay. And it was just after the fact. I was like, how can we get to this shot and that and that? Like what can match well together? So yeah, it was just an okay job of the mask. Because at least your eyes go there, right? Right. It just makes you now like stay in the same spot as a viewer, so... Yeah, so if you didn't hear earlier, this is just a average hyperlapse down Rainy Street, um, right when the Fairmont was built, actually. And then um, you can look really closely and see, yeah, this is just me green screened in eating a taco. Wow. Okay. So okay. can you explain this shot? So now it's story time. Um, <laughs> so we're in the Hilton right now. And um, I actually, this looks like, oh, it just took a second of the video. But this is me going to the top of this building every month for three years. Yeah, so I filmed before when you saw it was just a piece of dirt. Um, yeah. And had to, I did manual, like an hour long, try to get the camera in the same spot on a tripod time lapse every month. Wow. And then had stitched that together. Um, and then I'd also fly my drone. So they had like footage and I put together like a, a final video. But yeah, just something that like lives in your video for one second. And then, uh, yeah, so it took me three years. Three plus, years. Yeah. Plus all the editing. Did so. the Fairmont ever reach out to you or like, okay, this is amazing. Can we, can we utilize this? Yeah. So it was for them. Um, and they, I think have the video playing with the drone stuff and this time lapse in like, um, when you turn your TV on in your room, which is cool. Oh yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it took, took a long time. Um, three years for a shot that lasts maybe a second yeah. and a half. Yeah. I sped it up so that it would fit the, to the beat. So probably less, but it lives That's, on forever. Lives on forever. Yeah. yeah. This is Pace Bend Park. Oh yeah, I've been there. Great spot. Great cliff jumping spot. Yeah, and these are just slower pace shots. Yeah. Just to kind of finish Good off. Good way to kind of like smooth out. Yeah. Just land the plane. That's right. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Honestly, I probably was just out of footage. 
Okay, this is another shot, dude. Yeah, this one was planned out. I had an idea. A lot of people, Westworld was popular, and they're like, this looks like, like Westworld. And I was like, that's cool. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Um, but again, it was just like a plan of a match cut. It was like, I kind of know how I'm going to end it. It was like the filler shots you saw before that are just like generic, like it's sunset, the end of the day, the end of the video. And had the idea to like bring back the start to like Eyes of Texas. That's what the video is really about, about yeah. showing Texas. Um, and then since it was Kelly's eyes, like show, show a wide of her in an iconic spot, which Dirty Six, you know, six, everyone yeah. knows Dirty Six. Worked out. Yeah, it was. Uh, what time of day did you film this where there was no one on the street? That was like 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that was like the only time people wouldn't be roaming the streets. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Wow. Thanks for watching. Still holds up years later. Honestly, like from my perspective and everyone watching, like thank you for the time and effort it took to make that video. Yeah. Thank you guys. I had a lot of fun making it, even though it was uh, painstaking at times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. It's cool. Now I have something to rewatch every now and then and be like, oh, yeah. I did all those things and also I've made that edit and you know, yeah, it's cool. Cool to have that like as a memory rather than like, yeah, it's that, those are my type of keepsakes. Yeah. Good memory. Very inspirational. So yeah. thank you for the work. Yeah. Thank you. Man. And thank you for your time. Of course. This was a fun combo. I had a lot of fun.